friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder and chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Taylor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Some of our listeners, I know, took notice that you were not with us on our last <laughs> podcast, and rightfully so. Would you like to share the news with our listeners? Sure. So I am a, a new dad, and uh, as much as my dad tried to get me on the podcast from the delivery room, I had to had to prioritize certain things. But uh, I listened to the last episode; it went it went very well. So uh, I don't think I was missed. Oh, you were you were definitely missed, and and so proud of our young new grandson Nico and and Taylor. You may have already noticed this as well. There's no question in my mind that he is a future entrepreneur. You know, he he understands supply and demand. You know, in terms of his feeding, um, he's already working on his communication skills, and he values rest. And all of those are very important to a successful entrepreneur. So he's going to be joining the ranks of business greats very soon. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely does not take no for an answer. So he's got that resiliency. That's, that's that's true as well. Well, Taylor, I'm really excited about today's podcast and and our and our guest today. And I'll I'll just go right into introducing uh, Steve Rising. Uh Steve uh, grew up in Louisiana, starting in Alexandria, and then moved to New Orleans. He attended an excellent school in New Orleans, Tulane University, where he got his degree in uh, business administration. Uh, Steve is uh, has spent over. 30 years, his entire career in real estate, primarily commercial real estate, co-founder of SRSA Commercial Real Estate. He's won a number of significant awards uh, throughout his career. Uh, He works with with small businesses and he works with Fortune 500 companies. He also works with large private equity real estate companies. And Taylor, as you know, I've known Steve and his family for most of my life, he and I attended Tulane together, were roommates, fraternity brothers, and have stayed close for, for many years. And, and that's why I'm just so happy to have Steve on the Small Business Matters podcast. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tim. I'm happy to be here. You know, sometimes when uh, you know somebody too long, you know all the, you have all the skeletons in the closet. So that could either be a good thing or a bad thing today, but I'm very happy to join you guys. Well, you're fortunate in that respect and that we are limited in time. If that was not the case, there, there's a lot that we would we would converse on. But we're gonna we're gonna keep it to business because that's what our our listeners are most interested in. And I think they're gonna find a lot of value in what you've got to share uh, with them today. So Steve, we always start off with our guests with the following question. What is it that you do that matters to small business? You know, Tim, I think for the most part is that we keep it local. You know, that's always been our, our, our mantra with even when teaming up with our national firms. We have 63 employees. We built, we've built a firm from four to 63 employees. We have a, gr- a great group of employees and we're, we're very close to them. We're very involved. It's like a family almost uh, in many respects. You know, I've worked for the, the large corporation. When we first got in this business, I was with CBRE, 
formerly Coldwell Banker Commercial Real Estate for several years. And since since then, I've had offers, and my partner and I have had offers to be bought by some of those big guys. And you know what? It's just um, we we like the way we have it. I can never go back into that big corporate world again. You know, we're very nimble. Uh, we can move quickly. We can react quickly. We don't have to go up the ladder to get approvals. You know, I mean, that's that's one thing I like about being a small business. Steve, tell us a little bit about SRSA, and um, you've been there a long time. So tell us a little bit about your story, about your journey there. Uh, sure. So I didn't start out in the commercial real estate business day one. I was actually, my father was a home builder in South Louisiana. And um, after I graduated from Tulane, I went to work with him, um, although it was very short-lived. At that time, it was 1980, and if y'all recall, governor from Georgia at the time became our, the president of the United States was Jimmy Carter. And I was building some houses. I had like four or five spec houses under construction and interest rates went from 8% to 18% in a matter of about six to eight months. So I was looking for a new career uh, right away. My dad didn't blame me at all, although he was disappointed. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks after that that was advertising the coal banker was opening up an office in New Orleans, Louisiana, and that they were looking for real estate brokers. So I already had my real estate license. And that was fine. I, I set up an interview with the managing a resident manager for CBRE, and uh, he brought me into his office and we had a brief conversation. He, he offered me a job and said, you know, son, you're going to make $100,000 your first year in the business. And I said, where do I sign? But uh, seriously, I, that's, that really got me into the business. That was the only strictly commercial real estate firm in, in Louisiana at the time. And I, they put me through an extensive training program. They sent me out to L.A. for an orientation program. And, um, you know, I quickly formed a partnership. Back then, they gave you territories. You could only work in one aspect of the business. You had to pick that what that was. I chose it to be office buildings, sales and leases, and you had to have a territory. And I picked the suburban part of New Orleans. And they also gave that a same area and assignment to a guy who ultimately became our partner, Barry Spicer. We found ourselves, we're so aggressive, we kind of were beating our heads against, against the wall, uh, competing with one another that we formed a partnership. Barry and I have now been partners for 43 years. And, um, you know, it's most marriages don't last 20 years, much less 43 years. And I'm very proud of that. To this day, he and I still share an office. It's just the two of us in there. We can, it's easier to kick each other under the table when somebody has a faux pas or makes a mistake that way. And we've kept it that way. And we split all of our fees and 50-50 right down the middle. Kind of gives us uh, some cushion. If one guy's having a bad year, it works out because he can lean on me and I can lean on him. Steve, I'm going to come back to that partnership in a moment because I think that that's an interesting story. You know, I know, and you referenced this over that over this time period, you have been through, you know, uh, economic ups and downs, you know, recessions, high interest rates. You've you've been through a number of natural disasters that have hit New Orleans and 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 rocked your world there. 
whenever I think of SRSA, I think of resilience. You're, you and your firm have been so resilient to all of all these activities outside of your control. How do you explain that? How do you explain your ability and the firm's ability to withstand really hard blows and just just keep on going and, and be as successful as you've been? What, how do you explain that? First of all, we love our city and we love our community here in New Orleans. You know, we have been through a lot. Hurricane Katrina devastated this area. Personally, I, I had eight feet of water in my house, lost everything I owned. You know, at, at some point in time, you start to become a minimalist and, and start certain the, the physical property doesn't mean as much to you as, as the people. And we were one of the first, after Katrina, we were one of the first groups that were back in the city. We felt like we had a duty responsibility uh, to our customers and our clients to be here for them. And actually it turned, you know, turned our business around. It was a, it was a point that over the next two or three years, our business tripled because we were here. We were, we, we had our clients backs and they appreciated that. And there were other, other uh, competitors of mine that they, look, they were nowhere to be found. I mean, they, they'd gone, um, you know, North Carolina or Texas or whatever, and didn't really care. They just, they got out and, you know, we were there. We, we picked up the ball and ran with it and helped them out, got their, their properties back in order and got their investments back together. And, you know, the word spread and um, it got out there that SRSA was there for their clients. Uh, they did what it took. They went above and beyond. And, um, and that's how I felt that we've been, through every other little disaster, you know, the BP oil spill, we had the um, recession in 2009, 2010. And then uh, we had Hurricane Ida here recently. And then, then the most recent thing right now is not necessarily a natural disaster, but it's this, the pandemic, you know, caused um, a, a lot of, a lot of issues and a lot of th things that we're going to see that will affect our business going forward. But I think we're prepared. Steve, you mentioned during your, your kind of quick buy about your partnership with Barry. Is that right? Yeah. Barry Spicer. Yeah. 40 plus years. Wow. Tell us a little bit about how you've done that uh, and you liken it to a marriage, which is probably a, a fair comparison. But other than, than sharing an office, um, you know, what else, what else advice do you have for listeners in terms of how to maintain a strong partnership? Oh, first of all, you have to have a strong basis of, it's got to be a lot of trust there. And initially, you know, it's trust that the other other partner is going to be doing their jobs and, and getting it done and that you don't have, they're not going to be laying on your leg and just depending on you to produce. Uh, we are both hard workers and I, that was evident from day one. You know, we're always, we're always in the office together, um, bouncing ideas off one another. But two, we have two separate different, they're two different personalities. I mean, Barry is very hands-on. He gets into the weeds. He's very detail-oriented. Uh, he likes going over financials and putting projections together and, and, and whatnot. And I'm just the opposite. I hate that stuff. You know, I mean, you know, I, look, I, I look at financials as, as, as well as any other CEO would, but I'm more of a big picture guy. I'm more of a rainmaker type personality. Um, I'm very personable with people. You know, every day in the office, I'm running around, checking on everybody, see how they're doing, how how's your weekend, you know, how are your kids, how are your grandkids, 
I laugh because I, I look at Barry and I see you know, the guy with a little visor on, focused on his computer with a little light over his head, you know, and he's just got his nose to the grindstone and shoulder to the wheel and he just gets the work uh, output put out. You know, I like calling on clients. I like traveling a lot. And I think when you separate things to a certain extent, you have each person has accountability, you know, to do to cover one one aspect of the business versus the other. And I think overall, um, you know, that's what's kind of kept us together. And Steve, you know, thinking of, of partnerships, you not only have a business partner, uh, Barry, who you've worked with for a very long time, you also have your wife, Kirsten, who also works for the firm and is a very successful retail leasing agent, one of the top in the city. Talk about that. I know a number of couples that are in business, husband and wife, and it's 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 not an easy thing to manage. What's been your secret there? Well, that's a great qu- question, Tim. You know, a lot of people look at look at us and they ask me specifically. You know, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, you know, I mean, you're you're with your spouse, you're with your wife. You know, the other, you know, fourteen, sixteen hours a day. You know, how do you get up and go to work and work together? And what what does that picture look like? And I, I actually love it. I think both of us love it. It's one of those things that, you know, Kirsten and I met in the business. And yet we have automatically have some commonality between us that I'm not coming home, you know, listening about what happened uh, in the insurance business or some other type of field or whatever. You know, we have a genuine interest in what how each other's day went that day and you know although we do have a rule and that rule is we keep the shop talk to 15 minutes every evening and that's it and then after that it's time to you know talk about what else happened about your day that was good no, but seriously I, I you know I'm very my wife is very bright very smart very energetic and a go-getter and i applaud her for that and uh She's the one that's trying to get me to slow down now a little bit and take Fridays off. It hadn't happened yet, but I'm, I'll get there. Pivoting a little bit back to the commercial real estate side, um, certainly as you've noted, it's had its, its ups and downs throughout the years. And you alluded to it with with COVID that it feels like with remote working and and just how lifestyle has changed that there's potential you know permanent ramifications. I'm, I'm curious if you could just give our listeners some insight into what you're seeing in commercial real estate and, mm-hmm. and, um, and what you would expect over the next decade or so. Sure. Taylor. Um, yeah, COVID is, um, has been a game changer. Uh, I think as far as commercial, especially office space goes, I, I don't really think there are too many other sectors in this business where it will have the profound effect that it, it, it's going to have in the office market. The office market is the tip of the spear for this. And we're already seeing effects uh, of that with with uh, people working remotely, especially on the the national tenants that are out there that are looking. And I don't think we'll ever go back to a full time workplace model. They're all going to a hybrid work model where their employees are coming in, working maybe two to three days a week in the office and the other two or three days a week. However, that works out at home. And, you know, we, we are seeing it. We do a lot of office leasing and in our downtown market, New Orleans, I will tell you this, and it's been going on now for the last two years, 
every time an office tenant comes up for a lease renewal, they are giving back anywhere from 20 to 30% of their office space, which is a huge number. We just renewed a lease with a, our local utility provider here, Energy Corporation. Actually, only headquarters is based in New Orleans, and we just finished a long one-year negotiation renewing their lease here for another 10 years, and they are giving us back out of initially full over 400,000 square feet. They're only going to keep 280,000 square feet for this next renewal. So they're going to wow. turn back six, over six floors of office space to us. And, you know, it's not just them. It's like, you know, 20 to 30%, you know, right now we've had an average occupancy of somewhere in the neighborhood of, in our market, about 87, 88%. You know, that's, that's going to go down quickly in the next three to four years, it'll be down to 60, 65%. So what does that say for office building owners? You know, it's the, I think I read something um, the other day, I've already seen predictions where the values for office buildings will drop 40% by 2029 versus what they were in 2019. That is huge. And uh, what's compounding that too is that, you know, most of these office buildings were financed back in, in, in the era, era when interest rates were three, four, five percent, and and now they're double that again. Mm-hmm. So if you're a you're a lender and you got an office building, your loan's coming up for an old, and you, and you have an office building that's now only sixty, sixty five percent plus. You got a double interest rate. More than likely, you just you're going to be handing the keys back to the lender. It's going to be difficult to for these owners to fight their way out of that. Uh, unless you can find other uses for that office space. And we're starting to see some of that, you know, I'm, in our case, our owner of that property where we had Entergy also is a hotel developer. And our plan is to take those six floors and convert them into a, a Hyatt hotel brand. We did that in uh, one of the other buildings downtown that we manage. And it's been very successful. We took about eight fours of space and converted it into a Hyatt House product. And it does extremely well there. Uh, and we feel the same thing will happen here. But not everybody has that same luxury, nor do they have the configura- configuration of the building that make, makes itself that type of redevelopment plausible. Um, so I, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, real estate turn back to lenders. There's a one statistic that I just read about was that there's almost $1.5 trillion of U.S. commercial real estate debt will be coming due for repayment before the end of 2025. So, I mean, that's, that is a tremendous amount of debt that's rolling over that I, I'm not sure there's going to be blood in the water at the end of the day. Um, so I don't see until we can come up with some solution, maybe Congress has to step in. Um, a lot of these buildings were uh, financed also through the Main Street Lending Program, which was a, uh, subsidized by the U.S. government. Those loans are coming due in about 24 to 36 months. And I don't see any way that, you know, these are government backstop loans. I don't see any way the government's going to be able to, to um, where the private sector is going to step in and bail the government out. It's, I think those loans are going to either have to be renewed or extended or Congress is going to have to step in and maybe forgive some of those loans to some of the, the, the borrowers. It's an interesting time. So, Steve, I want to switch gears for a, a moment. 
you shared earlier that you've gone from a firm where there were just two of you working, selling uh, real estate and, and, and such to now you've got 60 plus employees, still a growing enterprise. How has your role changed over time from when you first started to where the agency is today? Uh, how has your role changed? How has it evolved? In the beginning, we were chief cook and bottle washer. You know, you did everything, right? The HR side of it, the, you know, the, the production side of it, uh, managing the expenses, um, you know, managing all those employees. And we were very, we were, we're set up a lot like a law firm and where we have partners that basically each person shares, had shared their certain responsibility. I was in charge of HR and, and the, bro- the brokers reported to me. You know, Barry was in charge of our CFO and, and handled a lot of the financial stuff, so on and so forth. Uh, we did not have a CEO, and that may have been a mistake at some point in time, but it worked out because we all pitched in and did what we had to do to get the job done. Since then, I think we've gotten a little smarter. We sat down with a strategic planner and looked at a succession plan for the company. All this is within the last five years. And we kind of tweaked the model a little bit and to get more of our younger people involved in the day-to-day running of the affairs of the company. So we formed a management committee. It's compensated, similar to a board, a board of directors would be compensated. And they get a, a stipend for that, for those monthly meetings. And, you know, Barry and I uh, got out of the minutia of, you know, deciding, you know, what copy machine lease we were going to go deal with or which, you know, coffee company was going to stock, you know, the kitchen, you know, uh, for the next year. And turned a lot of that day-to-day stuff over to the, that this group of people. And, um, and we took more of a big picture role and formed more of a partners committee that oversees that management committee, but we stepped out and, and let them, we give them enough rope for them to either, you know, do their jobs and, you know, make it the company successful, keep it successful or, you know, hang themselves. And they have to be responsible uh, and, and take accountability for their actions. And we've given them the room to do that. In the past, we were, I think Barry and I would be considered control freaks. I mean, we just, didn't want to let any aspect of the management, day-to-day management of the company go. And we've finally gotten away from that. And um, I think it's working. It's it's only been about a year and a half now. And so time will tell. But I, I think it's uh, taken a lot of pressure off the two of us from having to deal with some of those issues that so-and-so didn't like the way, uh, you know, their humates perfume smelled or, you know, <laughs> just... Stuff like that, you just don't want to have to deal with every day, and you turn that over to everybody else. And it's done another another thing as well. It's kind of given them some buy-in to the company. It has given them, you know, less of a reason to leave and search for employment elsewhere because they feel like they have a responsibility. They feel like they their um, their opinion counts, and that I think that's that's huge. Going forward, like I said, time will tell, but uh, it's working so far. Well, that's, you know, Taylor, that's commendable what what Steve and his partner have done. Many companies I know like his struggle in turning over the reins of the company management to the next generation, to the next level. And 
sometimes want to hang on to it uh, for for maybe too long. And so they've they've kind of gone in an opposite direction. And that, I, I think that's a good thing. Taylor? Yeah, for sure. I mean, last question for me, Steve. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, being resilient and making mistakes. What is maybe one lesson or a piece of advice that you would have based on uh, your experience or mistake that you've made for our, our listeners? I would say I never had an assistant uh, that helped me. I don't know if it's a mistake. It was just uh, a being stubborn and uh, not wanting to think I could do everything myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people have surround themselves with good people and good assistants. And for years I fought that. And within the last, I guess about four years ago, I, there was an opportunity that came up and I kind of turned this into a good thing. So that's, well, that was probably my worst mistake is that my pro- productivity could not thrive because I was trying to do too many things myself. And, uh, there was an opportunity where one of my clients' sons came down from Arkansas and got in the business and was working with his dad. And uh, that project finished up and he didn't want to go back to Arkansas. So we sat down and talked and very smart young man. He's both a lawyer and a CPA. And I hired him and I said, you're going to be my right hand man. I'm going to teach you the business from the inside out. But, you know, you're going to help us help my business grow. And uh, it's been a phenomenal success. And I have so much more time to, today to do other things. When I got an assignment in the past, whether it was an investment sales assignment, I did all the underwriting myself. I did all the financial projections. I had to write the marketing plan. I had to write, you know, um, report to the owner. And, and Chris has taken all that off my plate. I mean, I, now I can be focused really on how to get the deal done, how to get it closed and how to go develop new business. Uh, all the underwriting is, you know, he does it, he, you know, he can build a spreadsheet in his sleep. And for me, you know, that has been a blessing. Um, and I think I would say that any CEO out there should have a, a good right hand person and that help them develop their business, uh, in a way that, you know, makes them more, more productive. That's a great lesson, Steve. So many of the business owners that I work with are hesitant to want to bring on an assistant, an administrative person, an aide, and they find themselves uh, you know, doing work they shouldn't be doing. There's an old adage, if, if you don't have an admin, you are the admin. And, and uh, kudos to you for uh, being willing to bring someone on to, to help you in that, that area. Friends, uh, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest today is Steve Rizek. Steve is the co-founder and partner with uh, SRSA Commercial Real Estate, headquartered in New Orleans, Louisiana, one of my favorite cities, I should say. Steve, we're now going to go to my favorite part of the podcast. This is the rapid-fire questions. Taylor's going to ask you a, a number of quick questions. He's going to try to stump you with your answers. I'm betting on you. Taylor? All right. We'll give it our best here. So some local ones for you, since we have a, a fondness of, of New Orleans on this call. Uh, what is your favorite New Orleans restaurant? Clancy's. Clancy's. Any specific reason? Oh, uh, It's a small old home that was converted to a restaurant. It's been around for years. You know, you know the bartender by personally. He knows your name. 
you know, you know, the waiter, he knows your name, you know, we see each other in the neighborhood and, and you can't, and the food's just outstanding. So you, you know, can't go wrong with that. And what's your, what's your go-to dish at Clancy's? Let's see. I, I would have to say the oyster and bacon wrapped brie. Oh, okay. Oh. Now we're talking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. All right. We'll stick on the, the New Orleans theme. Since we have two Tulane alum here, what's your favorite or most memorable Tulane sports moment? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I can, that didn't take long at all. It's the Tulane beating USC in the Cotton Bowl this January. That was oh, yeah. phenomenal. And, and with, with, your, uh, with your dad sitting right next to me in the stands, yes. National champions, I should say. In our, man, in our minds, we were national champions, there's no doubt. We felt like <laughs> national champions. And we were talking, talking pre-call right now. I think the projections have this year's Tulane squad going to is it the Fiesta Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Fiesta Bowl and, uh, on New Year's Day, no less. Man, um, and uh, we hope, yeah, we just need to keep, take care of business down the road and we ought to be there. But, um, yeah, that'd be uh, outside uh, outstanding experience for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Third rapid fire question. What is your favorite book? My favorite book has got to be, um, small business matters. Oh man. I just heard the, the Venmo, Venmo alert just went off. I'm sure. No, the, I would say the meeting. Uh, the meeting was one of my favorite books. No doubt. Another excellent choice. All right. Well, we'll get you out of here on this. This is a, a podcast favorite. Who plays Steve Reisick in your movie? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. There you go. Yeah. Not a bad choice. We've actually had that answer before, I think, from another guest. That's a, That's interesting. Steve, I can't believe how fast our time goes by. Uh, and we're definitely going to want to have you come back again in the future. I'm sure that uh, a number of our guests might want to reach out to you as a result of this podcast. What's the easiest way for them to reach you? First of all, our website is www.srsarealestate.com. Uh, they can get all of my information about our firm there, and as well as my contact information in my bio, or they can email me at srisig, R-E-I-S-I-G, at srsa-realestate.com. So listeners, if you've got any questions about commercial real estate, or if you're planning a future trip to New Orleans, feel free to reach out to Steve on, on either fronts. So Taylor, this has been very informative. Uh, Steve talked about you know the importance in a business partnership. Uh, number one, it's about trust between partners. He also talked about you know working with his his spouse in the business. And I love the the fifteen minute rule. We'll we'll talk about business for fifteen minutes, and that's it. We also got I thought some really interesting insights into what's going on in the commercial office. Uh, market now and and what might be happening over over the next couple of years. Steve also talked about we talked about you know how does a business survive for so long and he talked about resilience and some of the keys to resilience and then maybe one of my favorites was uh, the, the idea of uh, of hiring an assistant, hiring an admin, hire someone to do the things that you don't need to be doing as a small business owner or, or operator. So lots of lots of great 
great takeaways. Taylor, we've got a number of things going on in the world of small business matters. We've got the uh, the boot camp. We're about midway through the small business matters boot camp. We've got a great group assembled for that that gets together uh, once a month. Uh, we've been doing the small business matters lunch this year, and we're gearing up for the next meeting later on uh, this month. I've just started work on our monthly newsletter, the Small Business Matters newsletter. Look forward to to publishing that. Uh, what have What have I left out? Have I left out anything? I think you've covered. It's been a it's a busy uh, busy fall here. It, it, it certainly has been. I want to remind our listeners uh, to please rate, review, and subscribe to the Small Business Matters podcast if you've not already done so. I want to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters.